Um, as God has been speaking already this morning, um, at the end of the uh, Sunday school this morning, um, we were talking about eternity. And I like what Neva Jean was talking about, about coming from eternity into a temporal place and forever going on into eternity and going through it. I, wanna, I want you to look at it this way, but first I want to read 2 Corinthians 4 and uh, use that as our, our text this morning. And, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to deliver this this morning because there's a reality that I, I really uh, believe that the Spirit can show us and open up something to us all here that it... There again, these things are so powerful and important. The teachings of Jesus, the Word of God, is life. It really is life. And it's abundant life, not just temporal life, right? And this abundant life is full of goodness, it's righteousness, peace, it's joy in the Holy Ghost, goodness and mercy following you all the days of, of your life, these blessings coming on you and overtaking you. It's, it's, it's life in union with God Almighty Himself. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Right? Right. Second Corinthians four, verse 16. <clears throat> the writer Paul here says, therefore, we don't lose heart because though our outward man perish. And just real quickly, that word, though, I mean, just so you don't have to, just so you don't take a verse like this and embrace that your just body is just going to get worse and worse every day. Because <laughs> that word, though, is 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 two Hebrew words, a-e-kahi, <laughs> which means if even, or, or if also, if, not as it is happening, but if it ha- even though your outward man perish, if your outward man were to perish, if your outward man is perishing, uh, he says, yet your inward man is being renewed day by day because our light affliction, which is but for a moment, say a moment, means it's a mbop, it's a place in time. <laughs> It's a, for, for a moment, it's working for us a far more exceeding and an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things that are seen, but we look at things which are not seen. Right? We've been talking about that all morning. If you've been listening this morning, that's where the, that's where the, the struggle is. Right? That's where the place of growth is, is this, 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 this flux between living according to and being dominated by things that are seen or living by and enjoying the domination of the things that are not seen. The things of the Spirit of God. Eternity. Heaven. Because the things that are seen are temporary. We would all agree with that, right? And the things which are not seen are eternal. We know the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him for without him there is nothing made that was made, right? Now, I want you to use this room as a picture this morning and I want, I want you to visualize something. I think you get this, it'll just, it changes so many things. In the beginning was the word. Now, when he says in the beginning, the word beginning in itself identifies Something that's not eternal. Because if it's eternal, it doesn't have a beginning. So in the beginning, look at this way. This podium here is, here's the beginning. 
Here's the end. This is the world created. Hebrews 11.1 1 says we know by faith that the things which are made from beginning to end and all points in between, the things that are made were created by things that are not seen. Things that are seen are, were created by things not seen, right? So here's the seen realm. Here's the world, all that's in it. In the beginning of it, there already was somebody <laughs> before its beginning. <laughs> and it was the word. It was God. Now, eternity can't be quantified, but just to kind of get a picture, let's say in the be- before the beginning was God. Look at all the way to the wall. Look at all this room. Here is God. Here's eternity. This is before time. This is time. Before time, after time, during time, all around there is God. There is the kingdom of God. There is heaven. There is eternity and there is eternal life that came into this thing here. What man does is walks in this little realm here and what we did after the, ever since the fall in the Garden of Eden, we gravitated to materialism and this became reality. When the greater reality is, has always been, always will be, and is all around, and even during this time from in here and here, this is still present and it's still true, still real. It's real. It's reality. But man but gravitated toward, toward sensualism and made this his world. And so now all, all of his focus and all of his attention is on the things in this little thing. And there's all this other reality going on. And somebody sticks their tongue out at you right here. And now you can't sleep tonight. Now you're mad. Now you're making enemies. Now, you're, now you have to quit church and go somewhere else. Because all this horrible stuff is going on here. And here's love. <laughs> here's life. You get a bad business deal, something horrible happens to your money, and now you're in all this, and you're living in this realm. And, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says, wait a minute, if we're risen with Christ, then let's set our attention on things above where, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and not on the things of this world. And so, you know, when you see it this way, it's hard for you to say that it's hard to keep your mind on the things of the Spirit, because look at it. <laughs> And look at that. Look at how small it is. Look at how pitiful it is. Look how nothing it is. Look how temporary it is. Now we're in this world and not of it. And when you look at it with the perspective, with a, with the, with a, a real reality, then what you're seeing is like we've got this little material existence here that we were thrown into in a fallen world. But Jesus gave us that life in that world, even though, see, when, when it was created, when God created it, he made it good. He created this physical world. The Bible is very clear about that in Genesis. And he created us and he put in us his breath of life and he gave us the ability to operate and formed us out of this very stuff. The dust of the earth, the material that he created, 
And he made us a part of this, made us our bodies from that. But he put in us the breath of life so that we would operate out of all this in this. Huh? And we gave it up. We walked away from that. We walked away from all of this to go live in this. And this became what we call reality. Now, in sociology, there are two different, basically two definitions of reality or two philosophies of reality, even though there's variances of all between. But basically, there are two. There is materialism and there's idealism. Jesus would be considered by sociologists an idealist because materialists believe that this is reality and all this is imagination. But this is reality, and if it can't be substantiated, if it can't be proven scientific, if it can't be touched, if it can't be tasted, if it can't be heard or seen by the physical senses, then it's only conjecture, philosophy, imagination. This is real, this is real, this is real. And then we hear the word of God and we say, we hear a, a clear, another sound. We hear a sound from up here, out here. We hear a sound from eternity. We hear a sound of abundant life. We hear a sound that raises us up out of this and makes us sit with him in these heavenly places. We start to see things different. And what's happening is, as you're becoming spiritually minded again, you're, you're becoming alive unto him again. You're becoming aware of God. And that's why your faith is growing. And that's why you're coming into more joy and all that. Because these things that used to dictate your emotions and used to dictate your life and used to define whether you were doing well or not, are so small and so really irrelevant to the big picture of things that you find yourself more and more living in the kingdom of God while still walking in this little thing here. Am I making any sense to you? And we have this thing by faith because faith came by hearing that word and we understand something. I've got the, I, the things that I'm saying right now, I did not have this perspective at one time. This was my perspective. And this kept me depressed. This had me chasing after whatever good feeling I could get because this was so oppressive. This was too big for me. This was too hard for me. This little thing here, it was too hard. It, it, it was a lord over me. It d- dominated me. I couldn't win in this thing. And I spent years in just losing myself in addictions to drugs and hard party and in all of this. My, my reality, and I would say it on more than a number of occasions... At a very young age, I came to the conclusion that nobody can ever be happy in this. It's not pretty. It's very ugly. It's not fun. It's very hard. And I very often thought deeply about it and understood why so many people would even want to take their own life to leave this thing. Because it was horrible to me. Then I met Jesus. I heard a certain sound from And the, the, the abundant life he gives, it, take, it lifts us out of the tyranny of that little thing there. 
And the things that I say were too much for me, too big, too hard. I look at it now and it just, it makes me chuckle because I think it's so nothing. And as you're lifted up out of it, you understand what Paul meant when he says, you know what? This world has been crucified to me and I've been crucified to it. Though I lived in all of that and did all of that that looked good to me in this thing. He said, that whole thing is nothing to me now. I count it dumb for the excellency of this. And so even though we're walking physically in this and we are experiencing a human experience in a fallen world that still bears the, 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 the vestiges of the, of, of, of the curse of man that we still see and we still are dealing with outwardly, yet inwardly we're renewed to this as we're looking at the things that are not so pitiful and small and temporary, but the things that are eternal. Like Frankie was saying, this is where you can see that when you're in the middle of this and it looks lost, it looks hopeless, and it looks like there's nothing good to be seen, God opened his eyes and let him see what's really going on. Because the truth is, no matter what you deal with in here, you will outlive anything in here. And really, even in that sphere of time right there, you're going to outlive it, (laughs) let alone all of this. When we look at things eternal, not the things that are temporary. Colossians chapter 3 does say it this way. If we were raised with Christ. So, so, (laughs) then seek those things that are above. not, Not under the tyranny of this time system. Look at the things where Christ is. The things of of God. Remember, God is spirit. God is not material. People would call Jesus an idealist because he always talked about the invisible things. But yet, when you know them, when you taste and see they're good, when you experience them, you understand though they are invisible They are very tangible, even more tangible than this stuff, because this stuff shifts and it changes and it's fickle and it moves and, and and it comes and it goes. And this is very tangible and it's real and it's solid and it stays the same the whole time. There's no variance in this. It's always life. It's always good. It's always victory. It's always... God, it's everything, and this is where we live. This is what your, your Christian growth is about. This is what walking in the kingdom is, even though your body is in this element of time, yet inwardly, we are spirit, we are soul. Inwardly, we live here in this eternal realm. Not out there somewhere. The whole eternal realm is all around everything. And he says, and here we are, here were these men that for thousands of years... We're, we're bound and slaves to this puny, temporary little nothing. And Jesus came says, I'm bringing this kingdom back in. Behold, the kingdom of God is with men. Behold, tell them the good news. The kingdom has come to this. But when are you going to fix all this? He hasn't yet. He fixed this by putting all of this in that. And it's so interesting that in Luke 15, when they said, when will you establish your kingdom in this? When will this 
look like heaven. He says that it doesn't come like that with observation. It's not a sensual kingdom. It's not a material thing. It's bigger than that. It's better than that. It's more real than the material. They say it's here. Don't look. Don't have to go for it. They say it's over there. No, he says the kingdom is within you. So we're walking in this from the beginning to end in this material world. And we're ambassadors of heaven because the kingdom is within us. And the kingdom is tangible and it's powerful and it's righteousness and it's peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we see. What do you see, Abraham? What do you see? What do you see, uh, Hagar? (laughs) Do you see you and your boy dying under that little bush or do you see a well? What do you see? Your perception determines your reality. Jesus, look at his teaching. What was it about? Over and over, the kingdom of heaven is this. The kingdom of God is this. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. What was he talking about? Everything that this is. This is life. This is reality. This has always been and this will always be. But you must be born from this. Because without it, in this place here, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. But if a man be born again, if a man receive the spirit, he's got eyes to see what happens. You begin to open up. I, how, who would have ever thought that when I was back in those days that, that I would be saying the things that I'm saying, seeing the things that I'm seeing as happy as I am, as joyful as I am, feeling as strong and invincible as I am, even though I'm very weak and I'm very vulnerable. It's an amazing thing that's going on. Because my body is a corruptible body. It's not that well protected. It can be smashed by a car when I pull out of the highway. But why do I feel so safe? Why do I feel so protected? And even if my outward man were to perish, huh? I'm still alive in this. Paul said, whether, whether in this, whether, whether I wake or sleep, whether I walk in this world or whether I lay the body down, I'm still in the same place. I will live in his sight. See, this is when it gets good. When you can see this, when you, can, when you become heavenly minded, when you have heavenly vision, you wake up and you realize you're not living just here. You're living here. Come on. And when you see that these things, the biggest that this world can offer to you, can throw at you, is so small compared to the bigness of this life. Like we were saying earlier this morning, it gets to where you actually, this is where it's in here is where the fear of death leaves. You can't live in this place and just convince yourself not to fear it. I think a lot of people like a doctrine of not dying because they're scared of that. That's not the way you do this. You live in the now. When you see this, you realize I'm not trying to get somewhere. I am somewhere that that's always been. When I laid on that floor and said, God, I'm trying to get this and I've done everything I can. And God showed me, he said, good, are you done? He says, because everything that you've been looking for, it's been right here the whole time. You haven't had to do anything. I gave this thing to you. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't be ashamed. It was your father's good pleasure to give you this thing. You guys couldn't get it down here. You guys didn't even know what it was. You guys could not comprehend it in the darkness. So I gave it. Now enjoy. Welcome home, son. 
You didn't have to click your ruby slippers three times. You're here. Are y'all here? Welcome home. If you can see the truth, welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Heaven and eternity does not begin at the end of this. It always was. It always will be. And it is during. In fact, if you look up the world, eternal life or everlasting life, it means perpetual. Past, present, future. Always I am. Always is. Now, it takes away the idea of a future God and a future blessing in this little timeline. This is where so many Christians live. Is they're like, they're walking along here in this thing and they're looking for God to do something right over here. Or maybe he'll do it here. Or maybe God will do it there. But when you see what we're talking about here, you see that you're there. Did that make any sense to you? See, you're here. You're not working in this little puny timeline here because God doesn't wear a watch like we do. God's, this is God. There's no time here. That's why the angel said, opening up the revelation of the kingdom, said, time shall be no more. So what is this then? This becomes, this becomes the opportunity to experience good things and even challenges. And you, when you come to the hard things, we were talking about this the other day. You know, when you see it like this, here's what, here's what happens to you. When you see all of this. You feel, if you're so big, remember David said, Lord, you have put me in a large place. When you see it like this, even the challenges, the hard things that don't seem so hard anymore because it's now it's like, this is something that's temporal. It's something that's confined and it's a part of this little thing here. While we're a part of all of this, we get the opportunity to navigate that thing. And to keep on walking in all of this. And to experience that ugly thing with joy, with peace, with love, with power, with faith, with confidence. That's heaven on earth. That's on earth as it is in heaven. Because all this has now come to us to where, when I say it come to us, we have now been made aware by the Spirit of God, our eyes opening up to something that always was and always will be. That's the secret to a joy. That's why it's called a joy that's unspeakable and it's full of glory, even in the light affliction. That's why there's a peace that passes understanding because in this realm, peace is dictated by what goes on in this little timeline here. But there's a peace that he gave us that's eternal. It's undiminishable. It's certainly not under the dominion of this little thing that him who is peace created himself. You begin to see what is subservient, the created thing, the things under time, the things of this world, the created things. And just as a side note, the bad things that are in it were not created by God. They were created by man. And if man had not gone on our own, we, we would have been fruitful and multiplied the things that God created. When he made all things, he made it good. And he made this creation with all the materials that we would ever need for all of our time here. And not only did he just leave us here in the raw 
with the raw materials, but he actually got it started by planting a garden himself and giving us a place to start with. And he says, now see this goodness with this life in the middle of it? Multiply it. Be fruitful and multiply. Well, we have been fruitful and we have multiplied, but we did it after the knowledge of good and evil. And we multiplied evil. And we multiplied fear. And we multiplied shame. And we multiplied selfishness. And we multiplied applied hatred and murder and all that. And everybody's trying to win their battles in this tiny little pl- box here. When those of us who are spiritually alive, whose eyes are becoming open, we're living in a much bigger world than this. Do you see how Jesus walked in this timeline the way he did because he was really living here? And as he is, so are we. Would y'all stand up? If we could have some music, I'd like to enjoy this for a couple of minutes. How y'all doing? Somebody said that people out in the world are not aware of how dead they are apart from Christ. And people in the church are not aware of how alive they are in Christ. Huh? See, Jesus was teaching it. In the kingdom, it's this way. In the kingdom, it's that way. In the kingdom. Now, in the world, everybody's got to try to get the advantage over you because they've got to win something in this little temporary arena here. But in the kingdom, it's not so. There's another set of rules. There's another way of operation. It drives the wisdom of this fallen thing here crazy. Read Matthew 5 where he says, if somebody hits you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Oh, that's sweet. But it's not practical. Can't really do that. If they... If they, if, they, if they make you carry their stuff for a mile, why don't you say, you know what, I'd like to just carry it two miles if it's all right with you. No, 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 no. That, that's cute. But Jesus would say something like, sweet little peace-loving pacifist Gandhi-like Jesus. But that's not practical. That's not how it really works in this world. Hitler didn't like, didn't like that, that, that side of Jesus. He followed a more materialistic thing. and He thought people would take the te- teachings of Jesus like that and they made it too effeminate, he called it. You would lose if you followed those teachings. So he went the opposite. You see where he got in his little temporary world. He had great victories. Bless his heart. Hitler took over on the whole almost all of Europe. Wow, what a powerful man. Had him a victory right here. Where is he? Where is the wise? Where is the scribe, Paul said? Because God has chosen the things that are foolish to this little thing to confound their wisdom. Because it's a fallen wisdom that says you better fight for your big end of the stick. 
materialism, those type of realists, they just say it doesn't. It's a sweet philosophy, but it doesn't really apply. It really does not work in this world. Well, what's been working in this world? Nobody's ever made it. Nobody's ever succeeded in it except the one that walked according to these ways. Why could Jesus do that? Why could he say, turn the other cheek? He says, because it's not about getting a little victory right here. It's about life. So they slap you on the cheek. You're living here. (laughs) And you're going to fight over them so you can deny them their little thing there? Now, I'm not giving you a rule for how to handle conflict there. We heard it this morning. We get to be led by the Spirit. And in the Spirit is the life. That's the rule. Father, I love you. I just love you so much. I thank you for taking this life, mine, and opening up these closed eyes. Without that, I had no chance. Without that, I would had to have ended up like everybody else did that I ran with. Without that, I'd t- still be lost. If I were still here, even, I'd maybe... Who knows? (laughs) But I have right standing today and I have peace and I have joy and I have faith and confidence. Where did all that come from? It was this gift. It was something that was free, something that was there for me. Somebody said, well, doesn't, don't you think when you look at life, don't you think sometimes God just isn't fair? And I said, yes, I think God's not fair. I think it all the time. I say, God, why? Why is it that of all the people I ran with, I was the one that saw this? Why did I come out of that life? Why is it that I, even among my Christian friends that I was raised with as a young Christian and sat in church, why is it that that I see this thing and it's brought me so much and others struggled with it? Yeah, it's not fair. God, why did you bless me? With a loving family when so many people are struggling with that. Why did, why did, even when my first wife died and I had this beautiful, wonderful, glorious marriage. Some people never get it once and I got it twice. I don't know. Yeah, in this timeline, somebody asked me that. Doesn't it seem like God's not fair sometimes? I said, yeah, it seems like God's not fair all the time. I don't understand. Why is he so good to me? <laughs> And somebody say, well, Rick, if you're realistic, you know, you'd remember that you don't have this and you still need that and you're missing that and blah, blah, blah. But that's so tiny. We look at this. This is so good. So if you want to live forever, live today. This is the now zone. This takes faith is now and takes things that were hoped for, things that were in the future and it brings it into today. Because by faith we understand that these temporary things were created by things not seen. One last thought that comes. We, uh, astronomy says, astronomers have this thing they identify as, they call it dark matter. It's a misnomer. 
Because darkness, you can see, this is something they can't see, but they know it's there, and it has no molecular makeup. You can't define it because there's no molecules in it to define it, but it's there, and it takes up more area in the universe than all the things that are seen. They call it dark matter simply because they can't see it. It's a misnomer because what they're talking about is God. And read their stuff. They say what they do know, what they do come to realize is they've seen the pattern here that whatever this is, it is that which has, which all this other has come out of, has come from. And all of that is so much bigger. They say we know that this universe is bigger than we can quantify, but all we can count in it are the things that are seen. But the things that are not seen are so much more than all that we see out there. The things that are not of this makeup. So this is God. This is temporary. Father, I love you. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Let there be eyes open. Let there be an awareness. Let, let the people rejoice. Let the people wake up with this reality. Let it be known. Let the children of light step into a larger room today. Step into a bigger place where righteousness dwells. Where there's natural joy and peace that just passes understanding and even surprises us. And it's like, why are we still so happy in the middle of this thing here? Why do we still have such joy and hope? No wonder God said, be ready to answer for the hope that's in you. Because they're going to ask. And we've been there. We know. Right where they can get it. His name is Jesus. Father, I love you and I thank you that in you is life. There is healing today. There is restoration. In the kingdom are all these things that are added. The kingdom first. The kingdom now. In you there is life here today. And I thank you for joy. I thank you for restoration. I thank you for goodness and manifestation that comes from this kingdom that you are so good enough to freely give us. Let every heart be blessed. Let every mind be full of the joy and peace of God. I bless this people and I thank you for the excitement we feel about walking this earth in this human experience with a superhuman life. Amen.